Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Japanese see the injury to Miami quarterback De'Ara King? Well, you know, that might be why some of these players have decided to opt out at bowl games. And could some college football coaches be on the move to the National Football League. We'll also preview the college football semifinals with Matt Baker, our college football writer for the Tampa Bay Times, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Happy New Year to you. You know what goes well with champagne? You guessed it. Empanadas. And that means you got to go to our friends at Mr. Empanada. They'd like to wish you a very happy New Year and looking forward to 2021. Now, any gathering that you might have, even with your family, should include... They're uh, great mini empanadas, or how about their Cuban sandwiches? Mr. Empanada really appreciates their customers. They want to show you their eagerness to move on to 2021. So here's all you have to do is just order online at MrEmpanada.com, or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food, quality, and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. All right, Matt Baker joins us now. Matt, Happy New Year to you. And, uh, you know, I'm watching uh, television. All these bowl games are are on. We'll we'll get to the, obviously, the college football semifinals coming up here in just a second. And I got to be honest, I felt really bad. I'm watching Miami and Oklahoma State, and Derek King um, sustains what looks to be a fairly serious knee injury. I don't know what the results are as we do this podcast, but... It just it galvanized for me at least why these players choose to opt out of out of these bowl games if there's not national championship consequences to them and they're going to the NFL. Yeah, I, I understand both sides of the argument. For, let's 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 start with with the Eric King because you know you again we don't know exactly what the diagnosis is as we as we talk right now, but it didn't sure. look good, and, and that's right. the thing that just makes you sick to your stomach. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't pretend to know the players and, and coaches that I cover particularly well. This that's just not the way this this dynamic works these days. But by all accounts, Derek King is an extremely uh, very well respected. In, in the game, obviously in that locker room, you, you saw what he did to the Miami offense, how bad it was before he got there, and how uh, impressive it was at times this year. Um, and, and he's just an impressive guy. So you, know, you hate to see that for anybody, but especially someone like that, especially someone who, what was it, three days earlier, four days earlier, surprised me at least by deciding he wanted to come back for another year at, at Miami to, to improve his draft stock and have a chance. You know, Canes could, could have a very nice, maybe... Uh, a, a nice season next year, potentially in the ACC championship uh, game. So to, to see that just, you know, it, it makes you sick to your stomach. You you, you hate to see that. Um, now, the opting out thing in general, zooming out for a second, it's it's very, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, I understand why a Kyle Pitts would, would not want to do it for the Gators. I mean, I, I, he has nothing to prove. We, we saw what he can do. I mean, he's one of the 10 best players in the country, maybe higher than that. Um, let's be conservative and say top 10, he has nothing to prove. And to him, you know, what, winning the Cotton Bowl is not worth a, a, an injury that could cost him millions of dollars. Totally get it. Kadarius Toney, I, I think same thing. Trayvon Grimes, probably same thing as well. We, we've, we've seen enough from him, those guys, over their career. 
But at the same time, there are guys over the years who have done well in bowl games and boosted their draft stock. I'm thinking of Dante Fowler um, with, with the, another Gator. Um, I think it was in the Birmingham Bowl. He had five sacks or something ridiculous, and that certainly helps his draft stock. You know, uh, Chauncey Gardner um, a couple years ago with the Gators was the defensive MVP of the Peach Bowl. Um, considering he had been kind of shaky at times during the course of his career, especially with tackling for him to end his college career like that certainly helped him. And he's, you know, obviously playing in the league. So there are, there are, it kind of depends on the player, but I, I don't begrudge anybody right now for saying, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm sitting out because, you know, Derek King's injury against Oklahoma state was a reminder of, of uh, the, the dangers of the sport that can happen anytime and potentially cost people a lot of money. It's a, it's a horrible sport. <laughs> it pays my salary, yeah. but I'm telling you, I just, I mean, there's something about football, man, that it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a little bit of a Russian roulette aspect to it. And even, even a guy like Kyle Trask, I mean, and, and, you know, I think it's different at the quarterback position because like you're the leader of the team, right? Like, you know, everybody is, you know, basically, um, they sink or swim on how you play and, and, and Trask is not. Uh, clearly a slam dunk uh, first round pick or, or, you know, top 10 pick, even that kind of thing. And yet, you know, you're one play away. I mean, you know, I, I don't know that that anything Kyle Trask does in this football game against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl is going to turn the head of an NFL team more than more than they they've already going to have had it turned. Or if there is a combine and I don't know what form that would take or, or workouts later. Um, they're going to do their own evaluations, but what they have is tape, and they got plenty of tape on Kyle Trask. They know what Kyle Trask and can project what they think he's going to be without playing in this bowl game. Now, there's some teams that would say, "Hmm, leader of the team, huh? Yeah, don't want to be with his guys." See, that's where I think that's where I think that 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 college teams do look at at, at that sort of thing, right? Is that you know, are you the guy who's you know gonna gonna be that leader all the way through? Um, you know, or not, but I mean, I, I just, I don't begrudge these guys for stepping out. If they step out, I mean, there's a lot of money at stake and, and, in their whole career. So it's a you're, tough decision. You're, you're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right there. Quarterback is the one position that's a little bit dicey. I'm going through my head, trying to think of high profile quarterbacks who have skipped bowl games in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there have been some, they're just not coming to mind immediately for me. Um, and, 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 you know, Trask's, He's not like this this major alpha dog. I'm not questioning his leadership, but it's not as obvious as it is with some other players. Um, right. So it, when you're, you know, the NFL teams are going to, that's, that's, again, I'm not questioning it, but I'm saying that it's something that NFL teams are going to evaluate and want to know more about is his leadership because he's not, you know, we see him on the sidelines. He's not necessarily this raw, raw vocal guy. So I could see that being an, an issue that NFL teams would want to look at. And, and him, if he had decided not to play in the Cotton Bowl, that was something that could kind of jump out as a potential flag. But, I mean, there's also, like like you said, we know what he can do. We know what he cannot do. We, I've, mm-hmm. I've seen enough over the course of his career to know what his strengths and weaknesses are and to have my own opinion on, on his merits. I'm sure NFL teams will be able to do that as well. Like you said, if sure. they're the Combine and if there's a senior bowl and what that looks like. And even if there's not, because I mean, I think the best teams can, can watch film and, and have a pretty good grasp of what a guy's skills set is. I mean, I just, especially at the quarterback position and there's the intangibles that maybe they don't know that they get, you know, from, you know, from other sources like, uh, you know, I, I, I look, it, we know it's not an exact science when it comes to the NFL and trying to project who can play and who can't. I mean, we see it every year, but, 
Otherwise, you know, Johnny Manziel would have never been drafted, right? <laughs> right. So, so we don't know um, exactly what you're going to get. So um, I wanted to ask you, uh, as we're on, uh, before we get to the uh, college football semifinals, um, interesting topic you brought up before the podcast. I read a lot about Urban Meyer and some flirtations, supposedly, uh, with, um, you know, our good friend uh, at, uh, you know, the NFL uh, trying to, according to my sources, it looks like Adam Schefter's <laughs> reporting that, you know, there's there's interest in, in Urban Meyer. Here's the thing about Urban Meyer. It seems like there's always interest in Urban Meyer, right? Like going to mm-hmm. the NFL, going someplace. Urban Meyer has left football now twice, right, because of health reasons. Now, I don't know exactly each time how much that was actually health reasons. I don't want to question a guy's, you know, uh, medical, you know, history. It's It's totally private on his part. Having said all that, um, do you do you get a sense? Is there a buzz? Is there a feel that that Urban Meyer's next coaching stop will be in the NFL and not college football? It's a very interesting question. It's one I hadn't given a ton of thought to in, until you know. I think it was, it was Schefter who first reported it over the weekend, and then Pete Thamel from Yahoo kind of picked it up and, and added to it. I mean, I, I don't know how much with a lot of these guys how much the NFL is an itch that they need to scratch. I mean, Urban Meyer is one of the best coaches of all time. Him and Saban, maybe Dabo, you throw him in, are, are the the best coaches of this generation mm-hmm. at, at the college level. So he has he has nothing to prove. It's just a matter of does he want to do it. Um, sure. I think he would take a college job if it was the right job, and it would have to be a. Texas, USC, Notre Dame level opportunity. I'm not saying those schools specifically, but it'd have to be a top 10 job like that where you can win immediately and win a, a national championship. What's interesting about the NFL with, with him, I mean, he, he is clearly one of the most intense competitors I've ever seen. You, you looked at how he handled losses and close wins. I, mean, I remember being in a press box at FSU. Um, I think they were playing, in, Ohio State was playing Indiana, maybe it was Penn State. And he was like doubled over in pain over this 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 close game that they were playing. I think it was, I think it was Indiana. And I'm just thinking, like they're, they're going to win the game. Like what's what's going on here? And it, it just looks so physically painful for him to be in these close games. And when you do that at the NFL, where almost every game comes down to a possession, and the best teams lose two, three, four, five times a year, and. and Belichick loses regularly, not regularly, but you know what I mean. It goes 11 and five or whatever. So there's that type of stuff that happens that would make me think he, he wouldn't want to do it unless his health is a lot better. Um, and unless that's a major itch he, he needs to scratch. So I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think he will go to the NFL, but I do think he's at least going to explore that opportunity if it becomes available. Yeah, and it appears that, you know, there, there's several places available, not the least of which there's one in the state of Florida in Jacksonville, which might have the number one overall pick and could get a pretty good quarterback out of Clemson. So if you're going to start someplace, um, maybe that makes sense. There's other coaches, though, in the NFL that we need to talk about with respect to the uh, to college football. And right here at the University of Florida, Dan Mullen, is, is this uh, is, is this something that he would he would check out or you think there's going to be interest in him as well? I think there will be some level of interest because there has been before. I mean, I, okay. I went back and looked at it uh, after his first season is the first time it started, at least got to my radar and, and bubbled up. NFL Network said that Mullins was a name that was kind of coming up in NFL circles. 
know, last year there was talk about the Cowboys, and, and this year ESPN and, and Yahoo are among the other places that have at least mentioned him as a guy the NFL would look at. Hmm. So that's 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 part one to this. And, and let's let's pause here for a second because um, we were talking before the podcast. Tell me why the this NFL. You know, there's going to be what seven jobs open. Yeah, I think like that in be, the league. Yeah, it could be six, seven. Sometimes there's always a surprise. Maybe as many as eight. Um, what What's unique about this year is there doesn't seem to be you know that that hot name, right? It seems like every year, um, you know, there's a guy, right? Um, and and of course, every year they call Nick Saban, or every year they'll sure. you know there might be a Jim Harbaugh who could come to the NFL this season. But there's usually somebody, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, years ago, um, it might have been Jeff Fisher or, you know, uh, believe it or not, coming out of Miami. Um, you know, uh, I think, you know, the the Bucks looked at Chip Kelly. I mean, there, there's been there's been sort of named guys, you know, that, that have sort of floated around. Uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know how many people saw that coming. Um, he was certainly an up-and-coming coach. Um, Sean, um, McVeigh, that was a hot guy, you know, coordinators that, um, you know, Gruden for a while. Um, John Gruden, when he came back to the Raiders every year, when he was at ESPN, there doesn't seem to be that one, you know, kingpin that everybody is universally wanting to interview and going to hire. So that's why I think it's kind of wide open for, for a lot of, because I mean, look, there's, you know, there's a lot of jobs, I mean, in the NFL right now as a head coach and, and some cycles aren't that big. And, and yes, so that's the context here is there's a lot of jobs that are going to be open and there's not a lot of, you know, there's not the slam dunk guys who are out there unemployed. Correct. Um, other than like an Eric Bieniemy, um, the sure. OC for the Chiefs, there's not a ton of hot coordinators like, Oh yeah, somebody's going to hire this guy. It's just a matter sure. of who. So if there's going to be openings here at the NFL, somebody is going to have to fill them. And, it seems like this is a good year for, for college coaches to be in that mix. I mean, uh, NFL Network was saying uh, P.J. Fleck of uh, Minnesota is a guy who's going to get some looks. Uh, obviously, former Bucks assistant who had a, a cup of coffee in the league, that. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, he coached. Yeah, I could absolutely see that, by the way, as yeah. him as a head coach. Sure, sure. So, you know, that, that's that's one guy. Obviously, you know, Brian Kelly's name comes up a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, Brian Kelly Pat, wants it to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, it came up here once. I investigated that one. It seemed yeah, like well, it was yeah, coming we, from we Brian Kelly's podcast. That's, yeah, we that's, did. That's right. <laughs> um, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, Matt Campbell at Iowa State, yeah. and, and Mullins, a name who, whose name who, who has come up as well. It's come up before. It's going to come up again as long as he's performing at a high level. Now, do you think he'd be interested in the NFL? I mean, just knowing what you know about him and what he's done already at Florida, how much better is an I, NFL job? Right? It's just a different job. It's it's that's exactly right. It's a different job. Um, I I think there are definite pros and cons to it, Rick. Um, I think let's, let's say this, every coach we've ever encountered at any level has an ego and thinks they can win at the highest level. And yeah. so I do think there's some of that with Mullen that he would want to see whether he can do it. Um, I don't think he loves recruiting. I don't think any college coach really does. I mean, shoot, he was saying the other day before the SEC championship, he's talking to a buddy of his in the NFL. Yeah, they were preparing for for the to, to play Bama in the SEC championship while doing the early signing period, and, and he was telling a buddy in the NFL, it was like, you no, know, you're you're preparing for the NFC championship the week of the draft, and he was yeah. tired. 
I mean, dude was just drained. It was it was pretty clear. And that's that's not a knock on him. I think anybody who was dealing with that would, would be exhausted. And I don't know job, how long he wants know, to continue you know this, doing yeah. that. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not saying he's looking for for the way out. I'm just saying that if I were to make the case for why Mullen would be interested, that's why. And, and then also, look, the, the NFL has changed over the years to where offenses like his are no longer this like gimmicky thing. No, it, what he does at Florida is is pretty similar to a lot of what teams that do at the NFL, which is why Dak Prescott and Alex Smith have have had the success they've had in the league. Um, but he does have. Let's flip to the, the other side of the coin here. Mullen has a great job, one of the ten best jobs in the country. Makes six million dollars a year, um, doing doing quite well. Had a team that was twelve points away from a championship potentially, or being in the playoff convert more in the, the conversation this year. Um, I don't have a good read on this 2021 team quite yet because you know we'll see what what happens with the dust cells with the recruiting and and the transfer portal and everything. But he's got a really really good situation, and if he goes to the NFL and it doesn't work out, there's no guarantee he'd be able to get to another Florida type job. So I, I, I see I see both sides to it, um, but I definitely you know he, he's had opportunities over the years, including this week, to shoot it down and say no, I'm not interested in the NFL. And he has not done so. He said a year ago the same thing he said this week, which is I haven't given it a lot of thought. Um, and then we'll take whatever opportunities that come when they come, that type of thing. So take that for what it's worth. But I do think it is worth at least acknowledging and having an intelligent, reasonable, rational conversation about why it may or may not make sense for him without saying anything one way or the other. I thought it was important to have that conversation. Yeah, and and you you made the best point is that you know once you you leave that position right this is the University of Florida this was his dream job if you will um, it's it's a big job and it comes with a lot of money and a lot of attention and 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 you know everything is there to win it's hard to get those again um, you know somebody's going to take that and run with it and if you want to get back into college football you may not. You know, you may not have, you certainly won't have that job, most likely. So, um, Saban was able to do it going from LSU to the Dolphins to Bama. But I'm also thinking in my head here of of, of Greg Schiano. Um, You know, he went from from Rutgers, did a very good job at a very hard place, and then obviously did not work out with the Bucks, did the defensive, you know, the, the assistant thing for a while. And he was in the mix at Tennessee and was potentially going to get that job or maybe should have. And then there was an insurrection, and, and you know some of it was because of his ties to the Sandusky scandal, which there really weren't that many, if any. Um, and some of it was, I think, the Vol fans saw what he did with the NFL, and it's like, why the heck would we want this guy? And yeah. if you know, if you go down this road in this scenario, or a, a Mullen or Matt Campbell, whoever it is, flames out at the at the NFL, there's going to be that type of thing potentially um, for whatever the next college job is. Yeah, no, it's 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 a difficult decision sometimes. I thought that Nick would come back to the NFL. There was a time he even um it seemed like he was getting fatigue at Alabama cuz all he wanted him to do was win a national championship. He flirted with Texas. Uh, a lot of this is leverage too, you know, um on 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 the school you're at. So, it's great to be wanted. It's great to have options, and I think that's why these guys don't say you never say never. Um, but boy, those those are big jobs to leave, and and um, and the difference between college is funny. Just real quickly, you know, I remember um, it was a coincidence. We didn't plan it this way. Um, I know, as you know, Jim Harbaugh a little bit, um, mm-hmm. just because of his connection through the Forty ers My wife working for um, the ex owner there, 
Um, but it just so happened, you know, our families were, were at a Disney resort in Hawaii at the same time. Okay. It was, was not planned. It just happened. So we figured that out before we got there. Well, I watched Jim Harbaugh not participate in anything with his family in Hawaii. He was doing this tour of camps and he had a nanny and they had their kids there. And the wife was down there, you know, on the, on the, um, on the paddle boards and whatnot. And we're like, Hey Jim, Jim, come on down to the beach. Hey Jim, Jim. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd be right there. Yeah. He's talking to recruits. He had been yep. in a camp, and he's back on in the most gorgeous venue in Hawaii uh, with his children on the beach, his beautiful wife, all of that. And Jim Harbaugh spent all his time on the phone uh, calling recruits. And I thought, that's the difference between college and the NFL. you know. And it's a big one. It's a really big one. Um, by the same token, the, <laughs> the life, uh, you know, lifespan of an NFL coach is probably not as long. You know, right at, at one place. So there's all of that. All right, let's get no, to the. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to interrupt. I have an yeah. extremely important follow up question. Absolutely. On the beach in Hawaii, was Harbaugh wearing khakis? He was not. Okay. <laughs> they might have been khaki. They might have been khaki swimsuit. I can't remember. <laughs> um, but he was of not. They were. Yeah. No, he was not. Um, and he actually did finally. You know, we we convinced him to at least get on the water slide and take take his, his son jack down or whatever but yeah it was it was just weird to me it was it was sort of sad you know what i mean it was kind of like man I, I understand why you're doing this by the same token i don't want to be you you know what i mean there was just a sure. part of me that was just like wow you know this is the this is what these guys have to do and it is it's what they have to do it's not that they want to do it it's just it's their job and they have to you know call some 17 year old and check the time and make sure that six hours difference in, you know, right. in Kalamazoo um, from Honolulu and that sort of thing. So, Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Whatever. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to the um, college football semifinals. No surprise who's involved, obviously, but let's talk about the matchups. Uh, let's start with Clemson and Ohio State. And you know, I, I watched Ohio State play Northwestern in the Big Ten championship. Was less than impressed would be an understatement by me. Um, I didn't think they played very well. I thought they could have gotten beaten by a better team. We know they haven't played a lot of games, um, but. You know, Davo Sweeney has really put himself out there <laughs> with this <laughs> this Ohio State talk where uh, I know he, he's pretty confident in what he has in Trevor Lawrence and the guys, and he should be. But, man, did you provide some bulletin board material for the Buckeyes. Yeah, putting Ohio State at, at, at 11 is something yeah. that, that got attention in Columbus. Yeah, um, it did. But, but here's the thing. Clemson's a better team. You know, they just are. Trevor Lawrence is is one of the, you know, he's a generational talent at quarterback. Um, They've got dudes around him. Travis Etienne didn't have like a sensational year, but he's extremely, extremely talented. I mean, their their defense is pretty darn good. Their offensive line is okay, um, particularly the the inside. If there's a weakness, it's that. Um, But Ohio State's defense has been suspect at times, you know, thinking in particular of how the secondary played in the Indiana game. Um, So, yeah. he he did provide some fodder there, but as we look at this top to bottom, I mean, I think Clemson's a deeper team. I think Clemson's uh, got more talent at the top end. And, you know, if there's good, uh, the semifinals over the, the, the years have not been very good. 
Um, and this year has potential to have a couple lopsided semifinal results. I, I hope this one is competitive, but I, I give a, a, a pretty good edge to Clemson there. You know, I wasn't that impressed. I, I was hoping that Justin Fields would have a better day. He could not have played that much worse than he than he did in the in the Big Ten championship. What, what's the with a thumb what's injury? The, with a, yeah, and I was going to say that. Like, how much of that has? I mean, there has to be something to that, right? I mean, he he didn't look right to me, and I I think I've seen him play better. Uh, now I've I've heard NFL scouts and people that follow the NFL questioning whether he should be the second quarterback coming into the league. Um, before that, he was Deshaun Watson, right? So right. where do you come down on Fields? What, what do you think he, he is? He's extremely talented. I mean, go go back to uh, a couple of recruiting classes ago. It, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields were two of the top, two of the top 15 prospects at any position of this rival's modern recruiting era, if you, if you look at how highly sure. they're thought of. Um, Lawrence has been a, a notch above. Um, but Justin Fields is still extremely talented. He's a very good runner. But I mean, you're, you're right. He wasn't uh, he wasn't particularly sharp in, against Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. I, I do think some of that, or a lot of it, was injuries. Because you, you go back to how he was at the start of the year. He was, you know, completing like 79 percent of his passes, and, right. which is obviously just a ridiculous, ridiculous figure. And then was looking at that now, 12 of 27. Two interceptions against Northwestern. And Northwestern also has a really good defense, so so they give do, them but, give yeah. them credit there. But yeah, I, I think that was um, a, an issue with, with Justin Fields being injured and not having a lot of the you know, some of the supporting cast around him. Yeah. Well, I I like Clemson in this game, and that has us to the other semifinal: Alabama and Notre Dame. Notre Dame just got waxed right uh, in their rematch against Clemson. That's this time with Trevor Lawrence. Um, they're known for being the, uh, you know, the Washington generals to the, uh, Harlem Globetrotters in the semifinals. But, um, I, this is one of the best Alabama teams I think I've ever seen, Matt. I, yep. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to slow them and we'll, we'll wait and see who wins these semifinal games where we talk next week about, about the championship. But I, this could be another bloodletting here for Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I'm afraid you're right. And I say that because I, I want to watch competitive football on Friday. Um, and I think we will with Georgia Cincinnati. So, Hey, how about that? Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I'll make Steve happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited for that game. My, my, my three-year-old's excited for that one. Um, I, I just think Alabama has, has better dudes. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, yeah. there's a big talent gap between the top couple teams in the country, Ohio state, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. I put in that mix, even though they didn't reach that level this year. And then right. the next tier, which is your your uh, your Notre Dame's, your 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 Florida's, um, Oklahoma. There's just a that, uh, there's just a big gap, and yeah. you can win ten, eleven, twelve games at Notre Dame. But once you get to this this level, where you're going to have to beat Alabama, and then you're going to have to beat Clemson or Ohio State, they haven't yet recruited at the level or developed at the level to get there. Maybe they can do it at some point. Um, but but I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame's just one of those programs. It's it's tough to recruit to because you have the high academic standards. You don't have the obvious uh, talent in the backyard. Um, you know, Indiana's gotten a lot better as a football state, but it's not at the level of a Florida or Georgia or Texas. Um, so you have to recruit nationally, which is which is a challenge. And so they just don't have an, enough dudes typically. And, and I hate to be it to put it that simply, but I think that's what it is, and that's why we have the same teams winning the national championship just about every year because it's all recruiting and, and who has the best players. And 
your your Notre Dames aren't aren't at that level yet. Well, that takes us. Uh, if everything holds serve, uh, we'll be looking at another stopping. If you've heard this before, Alabama Clemson final. But hey, Dabo and uh, Dabo and, and Nick Saban seem to do this every year, and uh, then they can go to Boca Grande and talk about it and pay breakfast <laughs> or whatever whatever it is they do down there. It's just weird to me, but um, but hey, college football. We made it through a season, and we've talked about this on this podcast. I mean, this is the most remarkable thing of all of this is to say they are going to play a national championship, it appears, at least the semifinals for sure. I'm uh, knocking they, on wood here. I'm knocking yeah, on, I, on I, wood. I hear, uh, I hear you. <laughs> be, be, but the, the fact that they could get through this, um, you know, I, I I don't know how much of a success I will call this season because right. we don't know to what extent um, football played a role in the spread of coronavirus to, to players. Um, we don't sure. know numbers on some teams. We don't know what would have happened had they not done, done this. Um we know one Utah player was hospitalized. We know a, a Miami player got myocarditis, but we don't know whether those were the only instances or how many. So there's this whole unknown out there. Um, but the fact is, if they can get through this and get to a season on some level, it, it was a success. And, and you know, I, I'm hopeful that there will indeed be a championship game. I'm hopeful the rest of these bowls go off and obviously the semifinals do as well. And, that we'll have a, a fun game to talk about next week uh, for, for the national championship down in Miami. And you'll have to read all about these uh, semifinals, of course, uh, in uh, college football with Matt Baker. He covers it for the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, and he's gracious enough to join us each week. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. Happy New Year, buddy. All right, you too. Thanks, guys. Always great to talk to Matt. And, of course, you know it's New Year's. We want you guys to be happy, but we know you're going to be hungry. So here's what you do. Call our friends at Mr. Empanada. They can help your gathering for New Year's. Just uh, order their mini empanadas or their Cuban sandwiches. They appreciate all their customers. They're ready to move on to 2020 as well. Why not move on together? Order online at MrEmpanada.com or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Happy New Year for Mr. Empanada, where Latin food, quality, and service meet. It is Mr. Empanada. On tomorrow's podcast, we'll preview the Bucks and the Falcons week 17 at Raymond James Stadium. And why is the number five seed so important? Who would the Bucks prefer to play in the postseason? We'll also have some of your mailbag questions. Happy New Year to everyone and uh, be safe wherever you are and hopefully safe at home. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great New Year, everybody. Mm-hmm.